Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, bald-headed babies and space cadets. Make sure that you smash that like button and don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss out on any new content coming from our channel. I always wanted to do that. It is as fun as I thought it would be. Um, I think before I get into this, I should clarify, there's a lot of video chats going on at the moment uh, and, and people are... They look quite presentable, but we just don't know whether they're wearing pants. So I thought I would just prove I am fully dressed uh, so you can get that out of your mind and you can listen to what God wants to say to you today. So I've had a bit of extra time lately, as I'm sure uh, most of you have as well. And uh, like any good husband, I decided I would use some of that time to clear out the garage. You know, everyone who has a man shed knows that it's a forever project wanting to clean that up, make it organized, make it into a bit of a man cave or whatever. And, uh, and so I had a bit of time cleaning that up. Uh, I'm not finished, but uh, I have started. But as I was uh, going through uh, a lot of my belongings, I was reminded of something that wasn't very nice to remember. And uh, it's a little bit of an embarrassing thing, but uh, a little while ago, my wife and I, we, we live in a five-bedroom house. We love it. We've got fantastic landlords. It's a fantastic place. Uh, but to help us cover the rent, we, we got a housemate, somebody that we, we know and love for a long time. And she's about 25, 26. I, I don't really know exactly because you get a certain age and you don't count people's ages anymore. You just get a rough, you know, they're roughly something. And um, anyway, when she moved in, I realized this thing, which I was reminded of just uh, this last week, which is that she owns more tools than me. And uh, I didn't really know how to take that uh, because, you know, as the only male in my household, you would think that I would be the one who would have the majority of the tools and know how to use these tools. And, you know, I've got a, a tool to fix stuff because I'm handy and things like that. But no, sure enough, uh, she moved in and her dad had kitted her out with every tool you can imagine, this, this incredible uh, set of things. She's got PPE, pr protective equipment, earmuffs, eye goggles, face masks, you know, drills, screwdrivers, hammers, chisels, everything you can think of. But I did remember, I, I, it's not entirely true that I don't have many tools because uh, my, my grandpa, which is my mum's dad, he bought me this uh, tool set when I was about 14, 15 years old. And I used it growing up as a teenager and then I got into uni and did engineering. So I had a whole bunch of projects and, and I used these tools. But over at my parents' place, uh, we, we lived with my dad's parents and particularly my granddad, who has what I would say is almost, not quite, but almost one of the wonders of the world, which is his shed. And uh, it's an amazing shed. This is a, it's an amazing place. And it is organized, but only so much as so that he knows how to find everything in it. No one else would have any hope. So, you know, you say, Grandad, have you got a whippersnipper? Oh, yeah, I've got about four of those. And sure enough, he's got about four of those. And he knows where to go. And I'm sure, two minutes later, yeah, I've got a whippersnipper. I think this one works. Or, Grandad, have you, have you got a, you know, a particular crazy drill bit that you've never even heard of, but IKEA needs you to put it? their furniture together with it. Oh yeah, I think I've got one of those. And sure enough, two, three minutes later, he comes out, he's got one of those. Or granddad, have you got a car? Because, you know, I've just got my peas and I need a car. Oh yeah, I've got an A-model Ford in pieces up on the shelf. I could put it together. It might take a few months. He's got everything in this shed. And uh, it's kind of has this 
similarity to the law of gravity where the bigger it gets, the more stuff that gets into that shed, it's like it increases its magnetic power to attract more things. So one by one, my tools disappeared and got engulfed in the body of the tools that were in the shed. And my dad's tools and my brother's tools and my mum's kitchen tools, everything. I'm pretty sure every tool on the property is now in that shed. And it's organized somewhere where granddad knows how to get it, but I have no idea where it is. So I do have tools, and uh, I hope that uh, in, in, a, in a distant future, but eventually granddad might start losing his memory, and we're going to have to communicate where everything is in between now and then, but we'll have to solve that problem later. But I do have tools, but they're just not on my property, and so I was reminded this week that, yes, the, uh, the housemate that has moved in with us has more tools than I, and uh, that's what I have to live with as, a, as the man of the house. But I was thinking about these tools, and I reckon that Christians, we have a set of tools that we need to use. And through the Word, through the Bible, through, through the teaching of people who, who read the Word and interpret it for us, we get equipped with different wisdom and advice that we can use and put on our tool belt that can come in handy as we try and live a life that follows Jesus. But who knows that most people's tools end up sitting on the shelf collecting dust. Did you know, did, did you know what the average lifetime, so within the lifetime of an electric drill, the average runtime of that device is? Have a guess right where you are. The answer is nine minutes. That's right. In the entire time that you own that electric drill, the average use time that you will get out of that thing is nine minutes. Not nine hours, not nine days, nine simple minutes. And I mean, there are a lot of people that do a lot more drilling than me. And they probably, these tradies, these super handy men will probably use it, I don't know, an hour a day. So what does that say about the rest of us? Probably that we use it nine seconds rather than nine minutes. But I was astounded by that fact that I came across. And I realized that as a Christian, we learn all of this information and we buy all of these tools or we get given all of these tools, so to speak, but it's very easy if we don't have problems that need to be solved with those tools, they can sit on a shelf, metaphorically, collect dust, and we can forget how to use them. We are in a bit of a situation at the moment worldwide, and we have this crisis on our hands, this COVID-19 pandemic, and surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, there are situations that are coming up that we might not have had to face before. And we know a bit of theory about what we should do or how we should respond as a Christian to these situations, but I've seen a lot of Christians not respond the way Jesus would respond in these situations. Many Christians who have an equal amount of panic and hysteria as everybody else. And I think it's quite easy to go through the motions of what's happening in the world around us and forget that we have all these tools in our tool belt or on our tool shelf that we need to utilize that would help us shine a light in these situations. How do we cope with suffering? 
When life's all good, life's all good. But when it's not, how do we respond to that? How do we cope with those kinds of situations? How do we find peace when we're in the grocery aisle and the woman in front of us has 27 litres of Pinoclean? And we start to think, should I be having 27 litres of Pinoclean? Is there something I'm missing? Like, uh, and you start to second guess yourself and you start to get worried. Well, if, if the, all of these people are, are responding like this, maybe there really is something to worry about. How do we cope with those anxieties and that panic that kind of comes and the fear that, that presents itself to us as Christians? How do we discipline our children in the right way so that we can make it through just one day of peace in our household without starting a whole lot of fights and, and all of the drama that can go on and now the fact that a lot of us have to homeschool our children even though it's not even homeschooling. This is something completely unprecedented and uh, it's a stress on everybody, teachers, students and parents alike. We might think, oh yeah, I've got a tool for that. The Bible says to use the rod of correction. The rod of correction will drive rebelliousness out of the heart of a child. And when we just grab that rod and we just start smacking the kids left, right and center all over the place. But we've forgotten how to actually use that tool. Maybe because we haven't had to use it. Maybe we've been living a certain lifestyle that's so busy and full on with work and school and after school assignments and homework and sport and music classes and social media and Netflix seasons. We go through all of these things and we forget how to use the tools of being a godly family together. We don't really put into practice what we know the Bible says about how to live as a family that's on mission for the kingdom. And now we might find ourselves in a situation where, hey, I'm spending the entire day with my spouse. I'm not, I don't go off to work. She doesn't go off to work. We don't have to drop the kids at school. We're here. We're at home together. How do we get through the day without wanting to kill each other? Well, the Bible has answers for that. And you might even have tools for that. But I wonder, have they been collecting so much dust for so long that we've forgotten how to use them? I wanted to remind us today to go back to the instruction manual, this Bible that we have, this incredible book that's so transforming and so informative for us. And so I've, I've got a scripture for you today, and it comes from James chapter 1. It says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept God, the word of God that he has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and get this church, your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and widows in their distress 
and refusing to let the world corrupt you. That's James chapter 1, verse 19 to 27. Maybe we need to go back to the instruction manual. Maybe we need to talk to somebody who mentors us, someone who can speak into our life and say, hey, you're a great father. I want to be what you are. Can you help me? Can you show me where I need to change? You know, I, 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 I read my Bible, but there's all this stuff that's happening around me right now, and I don't really know how to respond to that. Can you help me? Maybe it's somebody who has a great marriage, and you want to come under them and say, can you mentor me to have a better marriage? I want to have what you have. I want to be what you are. Don't be afraid to seek help. That's what we are, church. We're not individuals. We are a family, and we exist to help each other. You know, when Jesus said, love your enemy and bless those who curse you, it's, uh, that's only relevant when you have an enemy and somebody is cursing you. And I think we're in a season right now in the world where there are new opportunities that we have never had before. There are situations where we actually have to pull out some of this Jesus-like living that we haven't needed to use yet. Or maybe we've learnt about it and we used it for a season, but we've put it away for a long time. Other generations had to face world wars. This generation has to face this pandemic of what's going on right now. And maybe this is the perfect opportunity for God's church to shine more than it ever has before. Think about how connected we are as a people across the world, globally. This is unprecedented. And this is a time where the church can really stand up and be a light. So will we call upon the wisdom and the advice and the good teaching that we have from the Word and through the power of the Holy Spirit, let that move through us to impact the communities around us? Because I really believe that we can make a difference. I believe that people who have questions are looking around saying, what is the church saying about this? What are those Christians doing right now? Because everyone else is running around like a chicken without its head. But yet there's these Christians and they're calm and they've got confidence and they're wise and they're, they're, they're living like they've, they've got a plan, like there's an end to all of this, like they know what's coming. Let us be the Christians that are talked about that way. Can I pray for you today? Lord God, I thank you that you are on the throne, even amidst all of this chaos. You're not panicking. You're not running around worrying, trying to find loo paper in the shelves. You know exactly what's going on. You know the future, and you're holding us in your hand. And Lord, I pray that this would be a, a season for the church to shine like it never has. Would your bride be empowered and filled with knowledge and truth that can really help the communities that are around us? Let this be a moment that goes down in history where the church rose to the occasion. We love you and we pray that you would give us opportunities to live a Jesus-shaped life so that we can bless those around us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.